Hello, I am Dr. Kathleen Hall, and this is The Way I See It. And Jim Hickson is with us today, MD. He is the medical director of the Stress Institute and the Mindful Living Network, and also happens to be my life partner and beloved husband, Jim. Thank you for having me today. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Good morning. So what we want to really talk about today, which is, uh, I think, in a crisis state, 911 is what I'm calling this. Uh, it's called 911, protecting your mental health during the pandemic, during COVID-19. Um, <clears throat> I think it came to light this week, which is why we wanted to shift gears and do a special on depression. Uh, Michelle Obama came out last week, and of course it hit all the media and all the highlights that she was struggling with some depression. And uh, we saw the CBS Morning Show yesterday, of course. And uh, Jane Pauley has had a lifetime struggle with bipolar disorder and depression. And uh, it really affected her life until she got significant help, and uh, her family intervened, and uh, it totally changed her life. Um, and it, we really are in a crisis state right now. Um, and as far as Jim, you and I, and our marriage and our relationship, I can personally talk about depression because it's something, as you well know, in our marriage that we struggle with and have struggled with. So uh, I, I uh, had a, a traumatic brain injury back in 2009, was hit by a car as I was crossing the street walking in a crosswalk and uh, significantly uh, struggled with a traumatic brain injury and have for years. With that ensued huge depression, just huge. And uh, I thought about suicide quite often, uh, no energy. Uh, my life was pretty much over as, uh, as I knew it. And it's an insidious thing. It, it didn't just like hit me all at once. The depression eased in. It, it, it was kind of like a sunny day when the first cloud comes in, the second, the third. And um, the biggest heads up I personally would like to give anybody is please be aware that this is just not about you getting depressed. It's about the people around you. Because Jim, I think you can attest to this, accommodated me, meaning he didn't do much. He just thought I was getting slower and more tired and, and getting, uh, you know, nastier, withdrawn. And it wasn't until uh, we really talked to a lawyer that we were dealing with and he noticed the significant difference in my personality. And he looked at me and he said, how long have you been been this way? And uh, I just burst out crying and said, I don't know. And he said, uh, you're depressed. He said, you are clinically depressed and you need to see somebody right away. So anyway, saved my life. And <clears throat> I've gone in and out of these cycles uh, since 2009. And uh, since the pandemic, I had pretty much gone off my medicine, I guess about a year ago, and was doing really, really great, I thought. And then uh, the pandemic hit and uh, I got isolated from my staff and my people that I love, uh, my team, my friends. I have lots of friends and tribes and I'm very involved in the community and our foundation with our kids. And uh, all of a sudden everything um, stopped and I tried as hard as I tried. I felt like I was riding a bicycle where the chain slipped and you pedal faster and faster and faster. But um, the chain is still slipped. And no matter how I exercised, uh, all the broccoli and the omega-3s and the fish I ate 
and um, all the meditation tapes I did, and uh, I've been doing meditation for 30, 35 years. No matter how much I meditated, no matter how much deep breathing exercises, no matter what I tried, uh, I couldn't get out of the spiral. So thank God, um, uh, I think you talked to me about it, right? Exactly, sure. I think it's very hard sometimes for the people that are closest to you to see it because they're with you every day and you don't notice changes as much as those people who see you every two or three weeks. They can see things become more obvious in changes than those of us who are with you every day. But this time, clearly you could, I could tell a difference and say, hey, we need to pull over and do something. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, then I called a psychiatrist, uh, did telehealth, which I suggest everybody do, and got on some, uh, my, back on my amazing medicine. And, and it's amazing to have my life back again. That's all I can say. So I know that I struggle with clinical depression, which is, which is a state that I don't know how long I will have to deal with this, maybe the rest of my life. But we need to be honest about the exacerbation of depression with the onset of COVID-19, the isolation that we're all experiencing, uh, the loss of jobs, the um, uh, political climate that we're in right now of hate and division, uh, the mass media, you cannot turn on the television without we're almost at 200,000 deaths. So you can get that happy little spot. Kids can't go back to school, which is driving parents, which I completely understand, insane, which when my kids were small, I don't know what I'd do. Um, uh, having to wear masks, socially distancing, missing the people you love, not being able to go out for a, a beautiful dinner. It, it, it's uh, the depression rate, and I think you can speak to that, Jim, is the recent studies are showing it. It's just not me subjectively, I think. Talking about it, I think empirically science is telling us the CDC just released some new reports and um, other, other... No question about it. Uh, a recent 2020 survey showed that 40% of people are experiencing at least one mental health condition. And truly, those two, there are two mental health conditions that outweigh all the others, and that is anxiety and depression. And it's totally situational at, at this point in time now. And so the good news is, because it's situational, we can work through this, and hopefully we can control this COVID crisis, and we but can get back think, to our but, normal. But also, don't you think also that some people could have had a tendency towards depression in this COVID is it's not Tip, just situational. It's a tipping, it's the tipping it's, point. Right, so it's both in. Yes, Don't exactly. It's situational yes. and... And I think it's especially hit the, the younger people higher. It's 60% of them, uh, sometimes 18 to 35, report anxiety or depression. And a lot of that, you think, well, most just anxiety. No, a lot of that is their depression. And it and it's really, really significant. I think the, one of the real things that I notice is that the... The incidence of suicide and reported suicides have doubled in 2020 versus 2018. God, oh and that's significant. That Gosh. is significant. So 14% of young people report one episode of major depression, and 11% of young people, and that is 18 to 24, have reported thinking of suicide. That is significant. So I think this behooves us all now to do a better job of listening to each other. Listening. And awareness. Listen and wear. Be mindful. Think as we talk to people. Be curious as you talk to people. Okay, well, let me ask another question. So, you know, we say depression. I happen to know what depression is. I live with it. 
can you give us some uh, symptoms? What what are absolutely that, that, so people will know to look with their kids, their friends, themselves, their spouse, their partner. I think there 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 are quite a, a number. One is we just lose interest in our daily activities. We lose interest in a lot of things that excited us. We had a passion about it. We felt good about. We feel sad. We feel helpless. We feel hopeless. Well, I think that was one of the biggest ones for me. Do you remember? Is I started crying one day, and then it was like every other day. Then it was every day, and then it was if I dropped a fork. Do you remember? That was yep. my big thing. Sure. Was um, I went? I, I'll never forget this. I looked at you when you came home, and I went, "I, I got to do." Do you know that I'm now crying every day? And that is the opposite of energetic, effervescent, type A Kathleen. So um, I, I, I think that was one of my big... And another one, big one for me, was insomnia. I, I woke up at 3 in the morning, couldn't get into a deep REM. Is that one of the... Yeah. Sleep disturbances are very, very common. Up to 80% of people with depression reports uh, insomnia. And it's interesting that many of these people wake up early in the morning. So it's not one or two, although it can be because everyone is different, but it's usually three, four, five that you wake up. And so you lose that good REM sleep, and then you wake up kind of hungover, if you will, and then you start the day tired. I think it also, depression and anxiety will impair your thinking and concentration. Uh, obviously, one of the things we've noted with this COVID crisis is changes in weight. Some of that's been, we're all eating at home, we're not as active maybe as we were, the gyms aren't open, but a lot of that is related to anxiety and depression. The other thing is agitation. We're, the, it's certainly a symptom of depression, and that's something we need to all be aware of. Low self-esteem and then less interest in sex. All these are, are hallmarks of depression and anxiety. So, yeah, because I think, you know, all of us say, oh, depressed, I'm so depressed. It's such a phrase that we use. So I just, I just wanted kind of a medical overview. Yeah, I think that we have to, there's a, there is, it's not, not something that just happens to us. I think that, one, some of us may be predisposed to it. Our parents had it, our relatives had it, our brothers and sisters. So that makes us exposed to it. Our environment exposes us to it. And now we talked about this COVID environment. But the brain has got over 10 billion neurons. And there are po more connections possible in the brain between these neurons than there, than there are atoms on the earth. So this is significant. Also, our brain is a chemical soup. Serotonin, norepinephrine, the two main chemicals that seem to surge and purge and move around, highs and lows, and they change our moods, our affect, and our ability to have or cope with depression. So it's, this is a physiological and also, disease. As far as neuroplasticity, isn't it that that once we once our brain starts getting depressed and it starts running through that system, those connections, that it continues kind of like a floodgate, like a river, so that, that it identifies that pattern. So that's why we can't get out of it. Because I think that's what happened to me was once I started sinking. Do you get it? It was like I felt like the floodgate was opening. No matter how I exercised, what I did, the path the, it recognized some old memory. The brain does have patterns and paths, as you said, pathways, and those are ingrained so that once we get our triggers again, right. those pathways open up, and here we go down that depression but, but see, or anxiety path. And for me, that's also how you get suicidal or depressed is you trying to stop it. See, I do this. I, I'm, I'm a health expert. I'm a lifestyle. This is what I do, as you well know. I teach this stuff. So here I am doing everything possible, as you remember, 
trying to stop it in the floodgates. It was kind of like Georgia Power was opening the floodgates and there was nothing, no matter how I was swimming upstream like a salmon, I couldn't, I couldn't stop it. it. It's the most, oh, anybody who knows. So please, um, please, I, I would say awareness is the biggest thing. But <clears throat> um, some good news is, is um, I think there's some great tips that are really important. And I think one of the biggest is um, a morning ritual for your family, not just for you, especially during COVID times. Um, and I know this may sound stupid and you've heard it a million times, but when you get up in the morning, try to, it's hard to do because I hate to make my bed. Ask Jim, do I hate to make my bed? Yep. I hate yep. it. It's one of the worst things. I, I just dread it. I don't know why. I can jump out of bed, get my coffee and, um, you know, run to Washington, D.C. and back from Atlanta. But baby making my bed, I don't know what trauma I had in my childhood about making a bed. But there is a mental thing to making your bed in the morning. So what I've had to do, because the science and the data is in, guys, about making your bed in the morning. So what I do is I don't fight with myself anymore. I'm not thinking about it. I just get up, pull up the covers, and make the bed. Because what we know is it starts your day. It ends the sleeping experience. And it's the first day to say, okay, it's a first act of discipline that you're not choosing. Oh, I want to do this. I don't. It's an act of discipline. Next is to hydrate your body. We know the science shows that 70% of all adults are chronically dehydrated. And it clears the brain. We know that uh, water helps de-stress you. So a nice thing to do is if at night, before you go to bed, we all go to the bathroom in the morning, pour yourself a glass of water, put it by the sink or wherever so you don't even have to think about it. Your water's sitting there when you get up in the morning because I'm not used to doing it either. This is, uh, since COVID, this is a new ritual with me. And um, so what I've decided to do is I just take the glass, fill it at night, get up in the morning, go to the bathroom, wash my hands, and there's my glass of water so I'm immediately hydrated. So that really helps. And then get the body moving. I took um, one of my yoga mats and put it in the corner of the bedroom. Take your, um, and again, this is not about having to go out for a jog or something. I take it, put it at the bottom of my bed, so now I haven't left the bedroom or bathroom yet. So I've made the bed, had my glass of water, and next I put the yoga mat on the floor and I'm just doing a couple stretches. That is it, just starting to get movement. I pull my legs up to my chest, move my head sideways, lift my legs a little bit. And what that does is get your endorphins, and like Jim said, your serotonin, it starts getting the body moving to the wonderful healing positive hormones. So that's what you do next. The next thing I do is do some, and this is really important, do some deep breaths while you're down there on the floor. What we know is that deep breathing does change the brain almost immediately. It calms you down, it uh, hits the vagus nerve, which hits the heart and the lungs, controls your breathing, and relaxes you, starts your day out completely different. So what I say is just do a couple minutes of deep breathing. And when you breathe in, go, Breathing in, I breathe in love. Breathing out, I breathe out love. Or breathing in, I breathe in peace. Breathing out, I breathe out peace. Or whatever, whatever you want to say for your morning love bug ritual of breathing. But remember, focus on the inhale, breathing in. And, and, and say this to yourself, not verbally, but in your brain. Say, breathing in. I'm breathing in hope. Breathing out, on the exhale, I am breathing out hope. Okay, so it's kind of like when you're lying there on the floor, think that you're lying on the beach. And that 
wave is washing up over you and then receding back into the ocean. That's exactly what your lungs are doing with that oxygen over every cell of your body. Breathing in, the waves rolling over you, breathing in, I'm breathing in light. Breathing out, I am breathing out light, okay? So that's number four. Number five, I head to the kitchen, get my coffee, and as you well know, Jim, what's next? Daily Dose, Alan Cohen's book. Well, I don't care whether you read the Bible, Psalms, Daily Dose of Inspiration, which is what I read and I love, by the way, by Alan Cohen, my favorite. Whether it's Norman Vincent Peale, I don't care what inspiration you read, but <clears throat> read the favorite thing that inspires you the first thing every morning, okay? It'll set your day, it'll start it off, it'll inspire you. So you've done these five beautiful things, five simple, beautiful things, five simple rituals. And I promise you this, Kathleen Hall promises you this. If you do this for one week, okay, watch the difference it makes in your life, your spouse, your day, everything else. It's amazing. So that's that little set of tips is your morning ritual. The next one is how to manage. These are just some tips on how to manage what you're thinking. Okay, so what we need to do is, again, these are six little tips. One, instead of saying I'm stuck inside, which is what I've done because I'm stuck inside, okay, my staff is at home, my team, my friends, so I'll get into this little, oh my God, I'm going to lose my brain if I stay in this house. Jim knows, he'll call me from the hospital, won't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll go, I think I'm going to lose my mind. So when I say it though, now I'm catching myself and I go, oh, I'm in this beautiful temple. I'm in this sanctuary. I can focus on myself and my home now. I can pet the dogs. I can paint. I can do something I haven't done before. Change your attitude, okay? The COVID's going to be over in just a little bit, okay? It's going to be maybe a little longer than a little bit. But when it's over, this will all be memories. So you will never have this time home again. So focus, oh, this is my time at home. I've always wanted to have a garden or I'm going to Home Depot and get some rocks and do something different or, you know, it's going to be winter and I want to learn how to paint. So I'm going to take a painting course or learn Spanish. Attitude, okay? Next, stay as close to your normal routine as possible like this. You wake up with your five tips I just told you, go to the kitchen, read your inspirational book, get your coffee. Then after that, do a little meditation maybe, then start your schedule. Is it going over your emails, returning phone calls, whatever that is, go through your, go through your schedule. Next is stop obsessing over this coronavirus. It's driving us all nuts. Tape the news, okay? Tape the news. We're in election. We've got coronavirus. We've got riots again. The cities are burning. We've got more murders. I mean, if you want to go down that slope, geez, you're going to lose your mind. Okay, so tape the news. What you do is you tape the news because we can't withdraw from the world, people. I know people say, don't watch any news. No, you got to stay informed. Don't be ridiculous. But tape it. Stuff that drives you crazy. If you notice your blood pressure going up, you notice you're really getting mad, panicked, get depressed, you race right by it on fast forward. Is immediately what you do. So tape the news. That's number three. Four, a chaotic home leads to a crazy mind. Please, whatever you do. If you have clutter... I want you to get some, go get some bags, go get some boxes, whatever you need to do, put the stuff in there. If you can't clean it out today, that's okay. We're not asking you to climb Mount Everest. This, this podcast is about depression. 
You may be depressed. So just load that crap up, put it in the basement, put it in the garage, just get it out of your house and make your tables clean, your counters clean, your floors clean, okay? Clean and orderly. Then, once you get some help with the depression and once you feel better, bring in one box at a time, once a week, once a night, and start going through it and throw crap away. But please keep a clean, organized house, especially during COVID. Number five is start a quarantine ritual with this newfound time, like four o'clock in the afternoon. My sister and I, we do FaceTime every afternoon at four o'clock. We never did this before COVID. We didn't talk for maybe two or three months a night, a, a, a year. I mean, it was, we were, you know, kind of in and out of each other's lives. Now there is a ritual. I walk my dogs at a certain time. Please, I have my tea at a certain time and sit on the porch with my birds. So make yourself these beautiful, I call them COVID pandemic rituals. And finally, listen guys, if this doesn't work, telehealth. Call a therapist, call your, Jim Wright, people are calling you every day and you're referring. Absolutely. Certainly, we need, if you need help, call your mental health professional and get some help. There are a lot, uh, a lot of community resources, psychologists, psychiatrists, mental health counselors that are waiting to see you. They want to see you. They want to talk to you and help you. And remember that medications are very Please. important in the treatment of depression and anxiety. Do not be afraid of these. Lose, use these as, as tools to help you get out well, of this. Well, what difference did it make in my medicine? Oh, tremendous, tremendous. Right, yeah. Some people own them for short periods of time. Some people own them for long periods of time. But please seek help. Seek help. And doctors want to help you. They know exactly. They're going through the same thing. What do you think, Jim and our daughter's a physician? They're going through in the healthcare system Absolutely. Now. It's stressful it's on str each and every one exactly. of us. Every one and of to, us. And to close, I just want to make sure my acronym that I love and wrote my book about is self-care. S, remember this acronym? S-E-L-F. S-E-L-F. S is serenity. Every couple hours, you have to do something with S. So if that's going outside listening to birds... Turn on a nature app, do the Calm app. We have a Mindful Living Network app, which has beautiful uh, videos. It's got uh, sounds. It's got stress tips. So every two hours, serenity. Come back to yourself. Relax. And also, don't forget, every two hours, do those deep breathings. Breathing in. I breathe in love. Breathing out. I'm breathing out love. E is exercise. Even if it's laying on the floor, rolling around, sitting in your chair, do some stretches, walk up and around the block, go up and down your stairs at your house every couple hours, exercise, love. Make sure you're texting somebody, call somebody, put your dog or cat on your lap, go out and smell your flowers, love. What we know is all of this serenity, exercise, love, and last is food. Make sure you're not eating too many chips and salt and oil and and alcohol, is, as you well know too, Jim, is a physician's on the rise. Absolutely. People are drinking more, doing more marijuana, doing more drugs. we got to be careful, okay? Because we're going to be left with some kind of horrendous addiction crisis, which I think we will. Uh, no question about no it. No question about it. No question about it. So make sure you're careful about what you eat. And again, so I don't bore you to death, just Google foods that relax you. It's everywhere on the Internet. There's all kinds of things. Broccoli, omega-3s. Make sure you're eating fish. Uh, love your body. Food is medicine, guys. So when I say this acronym, S-E-L-F, every one of these four quadrants, these four roots are backed by science, okay? So serenity every couple hours, relaxation, 
Exercise, get your little beautiful body moving. Love, connect with yourself and connect with something, someone, and food. So just remember that, okay? And uh, make sure you wrote down the tips. All of these things are uh, have scientific efficacy and will help you get better. Please know we love you. And please, please, this is a 911, okay? This is very serious. You have to protect your mental health. No one can do it for you. Get help if you need it. Um, one suicide, to me, one depression is too many. Uh, and, and, of course, I'm a big reader of history, as Jim well knows. Uh, people, great, the greatest people in the world, whether you're a Nobel Prize winner, whether you're um, uh, Winston Churchill, who called it the black dog. He struggled with depression his entire life. Um, and many of us have. So some of the greatest thinkers and greatest lovers in the world have struggled with it. So we're all in this together. We all love each other. Let us help each other. And um, if you need anything, uh, please contact us at info at mindfullivingnetwork.com or our O-U-R-L-M-L-N.com, uh, mindfullivingnetwork.com, info at mindfullivingnetwork.com. If you have any ideas for programming, any problems, anything you want to talk about, please shoot me a note. And um, we just want to wish everybody the best. Uh, we're here for you at the Mindful Living Network. Please come visit us. Also, the Stress Institute, and that's stressinstitute.com. Download our app at, at all the app stores, Mindful Living Network. Our app is amazing. Uh, again, immediate calm, immediate nature sounds, beautiful tips. We are here to serve you and help you, especially during this time of crisis. So uh, I am Dr. Kathleen Hall, and... Dr. Jim Hickson, we thank you for listening, and we wish you health as we go forward. Yes, and thank you so much. And again, we're here. If you need anything or we can serve you in any way, please let us know. This is the way I see it.